It's ETE. We are live. Community Broadcasting Education Technology and Entertainment. Welcome to the Co-Beat Podcast. Hosted by D. Bale. Yo. Welcome to the Kobe Podcast. Thank you for clicking play and checking out the show. My name is D. Bale, and I'm your host and creator of this audio endeavor. The BEAT in Co-Beat is an acronym for Broadcasting, Education, Technology, and Entertainment. The CO stands for community, which for most of my life I've been in service to with my education and entertainment efforts and experiences which I will speak about in more detail as we go on. But I'm excited, I'm super excited to bring this program to fruition, in particular due to the relevancy of my show's themes, which are gonna revolve around education, technology, and entertainment, and the effects of intertwining these popular fields in the 21st century. So the acronym ETE, is something I developed through the creation of this show. Uh, we will learn and explore these things together. This show is for all audiences, young, older, no matter where you live or reside, because as an educator, I have an intuitive desire to push through all perceived boundaries to reach people from all walks of life. And I know that's my calling. And this podcast will be a vehicle of connection and reflection among you and I and everyone here. So it is all love. I just want to build with like minded people and corporations in the near future. Let's look at the acronym ETE a bit closer and how it is essential to our daily living. So first, education. Uh, it should be perpetual no matter what age we are. Uh, we are learning in new ways every single day, uh, hopefully until the day we're no longer here. We, we have to constantly learn. That's the only way we're going to adapt to this ever-changing and evolving world. To me, through the great works of uh, Frederick Douglass, who, who was my namesake, I learned that education is a means of liberty and it is something mandated. It should be mandated to all of us. And we have to look at how education has been affected in a post-COVID society. On a large scale, all ETE has been disrupted for good or bad. And disrupted is not necessarily a bad thing. And this is one of the things I learned during my, my time earning my master's in ed tech. According to investopedia.com disruptive technology is an innovation that significantly alters the way that consumers industries or businesses operate disruptive technology sweeps away the systems or habits it replaces because it has attributes that are recognizably superior recent disruptive technology examples include e-commerce online news sites ride sharing apps and gps systems and in their own times, the automobile, electricity service, and television were considered to be disruptive technologies. We can even add the microwave to that. So that comes from Investopedia.com. And we have seen a major disruption since we've returned back to what they call post-COVID society. And we're still dealing with some of the effects of, of COVID-19, unfortunately. So education is 
the 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 main piece of the ET acronym that we're going to talk about. That's one of our E's. Now we're getting into the T, which is technology. We're going to talk about the upgrades from the cars, the computers, the softwares, the phones. I also want to talk about concerns of ethics with AI and chat GPT and automation. We have to stay in front of these things because we are forced to deal with technology, whether we like it or not. Remember the people that said they were never going to get a cell phone, right? Like in the early 2000s, you say, I don't need no cell phone. And now it's kind of like to the point where the government even paid to, to give people that did not have these these cell phones mobile access because it's very difficult to live without it. Same thing with email reluctance. People saying, oh, I don't want to send an email. I have to do things face to face. COVID kind of forced us into isolation in many ways. So if we were technology illiterate, we had to do our best to overcome that. So we cannot ignore technology, whether we're young or old is pretty much the bottom line. So can we educate about technology in entertaining ways? That's my three ETE, right? You know, education, technology, entertainment. Can we teach through entertainment? by using technology. See, I wanna look at the three ways that these fields intertwine and how we can use them to our, our betterment. The main reason why I asked that question, you know, can we educate about technology entertaining ways is because I think about my students. And I know that you learn more if you have passion about whatever particular topic that you're researching because intrinsic motivation is not always there. Some people are not, just motivated off the love for something. They have to have something extrinsic, some type of value given back to them, whether it be a paycheck or whether it be a guaranteed opportunity before they commit themselves to it. So I wanna look at ways to teach things that may not be as interesting through entertainment, through technology, because once again, we cannot ignore the technological advances that are happening in our world right now. Now, the last E that I want to focus on, of course, is entertainment. I am an educator that has had the opportunity to work for over 20 years in the entertainment field. So I'm also an entertainer. I worked for companies such as Electra Records, and this is my intern, my intern um, resume, Electra Records, MTV Networks, Comcast Cable, and Walt Disney World. Yes, I interned down at Walt Disney World. It was an incredible experience. And then post-graduation, I was able to work with the Justo's Mixtape Awards. Uh, rest in peace to Justo, Faison. The Mixtape Awards uh, was a platform that celebrated the achievements and accomplishments of DJs and other artists in the hip-hop culture. I worked for Music Choice as a co-host of an award-winning show called Certified. I also did some programming there in the urban department. And most recently, I worked for radio stations 107.5 WBLS and WQHT Hot 97 FM in New York City. So all my media experience post-graduation has been in the number one market of New York City. So I know what it's like to really grussle in one of the toughest places in the world when it comes to media and entertainment. I also was a media student in college and I studied influence and how entertainment today especially has a hold over our youth. 
social media is it is it a great thing is it a bad thing depending on who's utilizing it for young people in particular it's been extremely detrimental to their self-esteem so that's something that i, I want to explore entertainment as and you might not place it in the same realm as education and technology but when you think about it entertainment takes a big part of our lives and usually it's it's escapism we watch movies we watch television we listen to music we go to concerts we go to plays it's it's usually uh, an escape from our our nine to five whether it's a mundane nine to five whether it's something that you're excited by entertainment is still that escape right can we live without entertainment at this point i don't know because as much as i would like to believe that we're not necessarily addicted to it pop culture supersedes important information and that's just what i've been observing in the past years people care more about pop culture than politics more than education more than a lot of important issues that we face in this world, like we're uh, consumed with it. Not all of us, right? If the, if the shoe doesn't fit, please don't put it on. But that's just observationally, I see it. People are just, they're clicked into those phones like all the time on whether I'm, I'm taking public transportation, whether I'm driving. Sometimes I look to the right and I see somebody just on their phone or somebody in front of me just on their phone. It's just, it's crazy, right? We cannot stay away from uh, social media or whatever we're looking at. I'm not judging, don't get me wrong, I'm not judging anybody for their, their social media or phone usage, but do we really care about some of the more important issues that are happening? We just covered briefly education, technology, and entertainment. Now look at all these topics and let's see how do they cross intersect. For example, technology and education. How our youth can learn STEM foundational skills and 21st century skills, um, how to avoid no skill jobs that may be affected by automation. So technology and education definitely have a place because I wouldn't want my students to uh, take a job that they would possibly lose to a robot in a year or two. So we have to talk about those things. How do technology and entertainment intercede? The notorious B.I.G., with uh, Meta, they just did like a, a huge concert, which was crazy to just to see uh, Biggie Smalls moving around, even though it was in a graphic form on virtual reality. It was still amazing to see that these things can help out tremendously. I think about people that might not be able to afford to go to a concert or somebody who physically the mobility is limited. They can't move around. Now they get an opportunity to to go to a concert or to visit a museum in the comfort of their own home. So although there are some societal concerns about isolation in terms of technology and what it can, what, what, how it could affect people on a social level, I think that we have to look at it from all different perspectives. As mentioned earlier, educating through entertainment is something that I've always looked at because once again, if you're not passionate about what's in front of you, it's hard for you to learn it. And I think about my students when it comes to math and social studies at times, and I have to find ways to activate an interest in them. And sometimes that's a little bit unconventional, right? So that's where ed tech comes in. Instead of just looking through a textbook, I might pull up the smart board and we might go through an escape room 
to uh, figure out uh, how to solve an issue. So an escape room is something that is is fun. Escape room is something that you need critical thinking for, you need collaboration for, you need creativity for. So we're still tapping into those 21st century skills. But the point is, we're moving away from ways that we, let's say people in their 30s and 40s and 50s might, might have learned back then and making the adjustment so that way our, 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 our kids today can, can get this information. When you think about educating through entertainment, it happens quite often. Your child can learn about a young drill rapper. You know, where they're from, their crew members, their ad-libs, how many followers they have on socials. Notice I didn't even mention song lyrics yet, but that as well. They know all the lyrics to the songs. So they are capable of memorizing and learning. But it really it's it's focused on those interests, right? Like if it's it's something that they're interested in, they can do it. So I know that our kids have the skills and capabilities to learn and memorize. And I'm not saying we're going to just start teaching about drill rap instead of social studies. But there is a bit of a compromise there that educators have to look at. We have to find ways to, to keep our kids interested because interest matters. Video games also have that same effect. So can the technology meet the entertainment desire and teach at the same time? Yes. We learned chalkboard, right? But now smart boards are in most communities. So giving a mainstream accessibility that gives those students a familiarity and an advantage with that technology is extremely important. But although in our suburban communities that may happen because I've worked in those communities as well. What about our rural communities, right? What about our urban communities? That's where what we call the digital divide, which is a lack of access to certain technologies, that's where that comes in. And we will discuss that further throughout the duration of this podcast because it's something that I, I find to be most prob problematic about technology, the fact that everybody doesn't have access to it. So overall, the ETE connection and ETE literacy, that's what I'm focused on, is something worthwhile to explore from many angles. And we will do that on my platform. What inspired this podcast is, number one, being an educator in many different roles for over 20 years and noticing changes in our youth throughout that time and, and more recently after the pandemic ended. Uh, I just completed a master's in educational technology with my STEM certificate from New Jersey City University. Very grateful for that. And the impact that my professors, their pedagogy, their curriculum, um, their passion matched with my interests, my motivations, and my focus in regards to ed tech it was transformative and life changing for me. It really was. So I know how important this information is and I wanted to be able to regurgitate it back to whoever needed this information because ed tech is something that is, is, is risen to the top now and employers expect you to have certain skill sets. And I feel like because of that digital divide, many people are behind the eight ball and it's not necessarily their fault. But we have to work to make sure that these learnings are accessible for everybody and anybody. 
that really wants it. I want to champion educational technology as a leader, as a brand ambassador, because the skills that you earn with this field, it'll give somebody the tools to make positive change in the world in a major way. And I will be more than happy to assist in that. Which is why I was grateful to get accepted into the 2024 doctoral program, which is the Educational Technology Leadership at NJCU, my alma mater once again, to earn my EdD. So I want this podcast to be a source where I can help others learn about this field and I can share my experiences in the ETE arena. And we're going to learn together. So the impact for you as a listener is we're building on information that is transforming our lives each and every day. So I thank you for joining me on this mission here. What are we going to be talking about here? Well, I'm going to be speaking about my experiences in the three fields of education, technology and entertainment. I want to talk about the integration of technology into education and entertainment So we're going to discuss things like artificial intelligence, augmented realities, drones, IOT, which is the Internet of Things, robotics, 3D printing, virtual reality, 3D printed homes, anything that is that is new, that is emerging. I I want to highlight that here on the podcast and then looking at ETE as a whole entertainment's impact on education technology's effects on education, technology's impact on entertainment, and all three when they merge. So it's ETE for me. That, that's where I'm going with this. As a listener, you get the value of an insight from a black male educator that's working with all different types of students. Black males make up, I think, less than 2% of teachers in America. It might be two to four percent. Correct me if I'm wrong, (laughs) but it's it's a low number. It's a far too low number. And I think that to get the the insight from a black male educator, it it can be could be something that's beneficial for inspirational reasons for other people that uh, might be men of color that are thinking about getting into the field. And just from a perspective of trying to understand, you know, what it's like to be a black man working in the educational field. You also will get insight, of course, of ETE, which is something that I've been developing and working on for a very long time. And then the insight about the process of what it was like to go through a master's program at a later age, obtain a 4.0, which was way different than my undergrad experience where I I earned a 2.4. I had a 3.0 in my major of media arts, but I, I struggled immensely during my undergrad and I want this to be an inspiration for some of my brothers and sisters of all races that might be in an older step in their life their their 30s their 40s their 50s and they need to make some changes career-wise and I want you to know you can definitely do it there's nothing that can stop you from from making it happen you're not the same person or the same student that you were 20 years ago you can definitely turn things around. So that's another reason why I wanted the podcast to come out, because I want people to just be inspired, man. The world is crazy. Yeah, it's hard out here. Most definitely. There's a lot of difficulties, but we can turn this thing around. You can turn this thing around, not just for you, but for your family as well. 
just to get to know me a little bit as your host of Beat, born in New York, <laughs> raised in New Jersey, Plainfield, New Jersey, more specifically. I graduated from Plainfield High School and in the in the late 90s and in my college, my undergrad uh, journey, I graduated from New Jersey City University with my bachelor's in media arts in 2005. And with that, in addition to some of the companies I mentioned earlier, I worked and I taught as an instructor for the pre-college program at New Jersey City University. And I worked with juvenile justice through Rutgers Team Gateway and my good friends at Cobblestone Multimedia. Uh, big shout out to Rock and Young Bones and also shout out to the CEO, Jeff Billingsley. He hired me to work with Juvenile Justice through Rutgers University and Team Gateway. And that was an incredible experience because basically it was just me um, talking about my, my media experiences with the students and, and doing um, small exercises with them to for them to get an understanding of what it's like to work behind the scenes and know that you can have a career in entertainment without being in the front end, without being a rapper. You could do more than just rap. You could do more than just act. There's a many people that work behind the scenes. And sometimes people behind the scenes, they make just as much, if not more money than the people in front of the scenes. So I wanted to give that experience to my students because you can do much more than just be a rapper. I'm not saying that's all they want to do, but sometimes when they look at the entertainment industry, they only look at it from a talent front end perspective, right? So I want to make sure that they knew there was other things that they could do. A little bit more about me. In addition to working as, you know, just a teacher in a classroom, I worked as a residence counselor at uh, SUNY Purchase uh, through my mom. Shout out to Mom Dukes. I worked as a caretaker, an infant toddler uh, caretaker at the YWCA in Plainfield, substitute teacher, teacher's aide, behavioral assistant. And, you know, I've worked in every level of education, let's just say from the bottom. Currently, I work for an alternative adult program as a GED instructor and a work site supervisor. I've been doing that for about over a decade, and I love my job, love my colleagues, love my students. It's been incredible. And as a educator, I've put some of my media skills to use within my job as a teacher. So I can edit video, I can edit photos, I can edit audio, which is very helpful at times. So, of course, like I, I just mentioned, I've been accepted to this doctoral program, Educational Technology Leadership, which I will begin in the summer of 2024. So I'm looking very, 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 very forward to that. Bottom line, I'm just a regular guy that's had some extraordinary experiences in my life. I worked in many humbling positions. One of the things that I want to say is that in order to, and this is my experience, in order to achieve a better life or in order to start doing better things in your life, you have to admit your own faults. And I can honestly say in my late teens to early 20s, I did not work as hard as I should have. And I think the, recon the recognizing of that, the recognition of that is important for men in particular to grow. Sometimes we like to point the fingers and, and we don't take enough time looking at self-reflection, what I could have did better. So a lot of the, the issues, whether it was financial or career wise that I faced during that early time, it's, it was my fault. It was my fault. So when you know better, you do better. You knew better, you do better. No, now you know better. So you should be able to do better. And that's just where I stand. Once again, not being judgmental because I expect people from all different ages to step into this broadcast and, and you might be in your 
late teens or your early 20s and you're not quite there yet. And I'm not passing no judgment because if you knew me back then, you would know I needed a lot of work. So I want this to be more or less an encouragement. Um, Your brain doesn't fully form as a man until you're about 24, 25. Not to give you an excuse to say if you're 21, you could just be out there doing nonsense because, oh, my brain don't form till I'm 25. But I'm saying that there's a certain level of maturity that you hit in your mid 20s that is not necessarily attainable in your early 20s for everybody. Right. So don't be so hard on yourself, but also realize that having a sense of urgency once you hit that 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 mid 20 period is not a bad thing, especially if you plan on having a family, especially if you have people that are dependent upon you, that that's important. The other thing is that for my listeners, like I didn't take the traditional route of education or technology or entertainment. So I think that will be of interest to you as the listener. Like, you know, I didn't have uh, any connections in the entertainment industry. And that's no knock to the people that do. But I would say a lot of the people that you see in entertainment, they they had some type of connection, whether they moms, they pops, they cousin, they uncle, they auntie, they second cousin. They had somebody that had the ability to pull them in, right? And that's cool. I'm not hating on that because once you get there, you got to perform. Regardless of whose cousin or whose who's son or whose daughter you are, you still got to perform. But just saying that I personally, in all aspects of my career, have taken a non-traditional route. And if you're looking to change careers, I think I will be able to provide some knowledge and information that could that can definitely help you. So I also want you to uh, let me know what's on your mind regarding ETE literacy. Are there any questions or concerns that you have? I just want to say, like, I appreciate you tuning in. This is a little bit longer of an episode than it will be in a regular basis because it's the, it's the like the the premiere. So I want to, like, go through all of my talking points. But I encourage you to listen, subscribe, rate and review the podcast I started a small company called Grussell Media about a decade ago. So I have a website called GrusselMedia.com. It's G-R-U-S-T-L-E Media.com. Grussell standing for the grind and the hustle, you know, which especially working in the number one market is something that you have to do even in your sleep. I've learned that. My personal uh, social is D-Bail, D.B-A-I-L. That's on Instagram. And then I have EdTech Bailey, which is more of my educational content. That's E-D-T-E-C-H Bailey on YouTube. And uh, of course, the podcast will be on all streaming platforms. My email is EdTechBailey with the number one at gmail.com. That's EdTechBailey1 at gmail.com. And the hashtag that I would like to use, Cobeat, C-O-B-E-T-E. That's hashtag C-O-B-E-T-E. Please put that in any questions or any uh, statements that you are going to post to social media so I can check that out. All right. And uh, just a little sneak peek of the next episode that we're going to do. We're going to be talking about educational technology, which is what I earned my master's in. What is EdTech? I had a friend that I spoke to a couple weeks back and he was like, bro, I'm super proud of what you did, but what is ed tech? What is educational technology? Put me on. So we're going to go through a, a rundown of what ed tech is. It's one of the hottest uh, majors out right now. It is a field that is on fire, constantly growing, constantly emerging. So I'm excited to talk about those things. 
And in addition to ed tech overview, I want to talk a little bit about the master's program that I got into at NJCU and just really big up the professors that were there, that are there currently and all of the inspirational and motivational things they're doing in regards to the program. So big ups to the educational technology department at New Jersey City University. Just to reiterate, the the mission of this podcast is promoting ETE literacy and updating and reviewing and looking at strategies and looking at concerns with the three fields. And of course, just seeing how they can merge together to make learning more accessible for everybody. I just want to, of course, give a shout out to fellow educators that might be tuned in, administrators, support staff. The work that you do on a regular basis sometimes is undervalued, underappreciated, but from one educator to the to, to another, uh, Your work is super value, and I thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I know that September, October, you know, the front end of 2023 has been very difficult for a lot of schools and staff, so my heart goes out to all of you. You're not in this alone. We're going to work this out together. We're going to figure this out together, so just stay tuned. And I want to give a shout-out to the students, any students, whether middle school, high school, college age, wherever you're at in your academic journey checking this out. I appreciate you, and I hope that you benefit and gain um, some insight from the Kobe podcast. And I just want to leave off by saying, you know, when I went to college, that first that first bachelor's degree, that was for me, because a lot of people didn't understand why media arts, you know, can you find a job in media arts? Oh, the business is super unstable, which it can be at times, but I wanted to go to college for something that I was interested in because, I, like I said, interest matters, passion matters. So I wanted to make sure it was something that I was fully invested in. So that first bachelor's was for me. But the master's degree, that was for my family, my, my beautiful wife who supported me all the way through, my mom, my stepmom, who's really my second mom, my dad, my grandmother, my sister, Dr. Shady Radical. She was a huge inspiration for me as well. And all the loved ones, all of the people that are no longer here that I think about quite often, that is who I dedicated my master's to, the people that are no longer here. But this doctorate degree is going to be for the community. First for me, second for fam, but the third one is for you all, the community. And I hope to gain as much wisdom and knowledge as I can, and I hope to be able to just pay that forward to all of you that are listening Thank you so much for checking out the Code Beat Podcast, community broadcasting, education, technology, and entertainment. I'm your host, D Bell, and I look forward to building, growing, and learning with you, right alongside with you, all right? Until the next episode, peace and love. Thanks for listening. <laughs>